0: Welcome to Just Up the Trail. On the show today I have Mike House who is a teacher and a drummer and a photographer and a hiker and a cyclist. In July, Mike is going to be taking on the Three Peaks Challenge, so that's climbing Ben Nevis, Scarfell, and Snowden in twenty four hours. And he's doing that to raise both awareness and some money for young minds u k who are helping kids through mental health struggles in the episode today, which is a quick I wanted to get this episode out this week with it being mental health awareness week, well, basically to see if we can raise some money for Mike's cause, yeah, so in the episode we speak about Mike's background in the outdoors, we speak about his photography, and then we talk about his preparations for the challenge, and we also talk about the effects that disrupted school years and lockdowns and homeschooling have had on the kids basically obviously Mike has first-hand experience through teaching and I have first-hand experience as a parent Mike is going to come back and talk to us more about the challenge when he's actually completed it in July like I said I wanted to get him on for a quick chat just so we can get to know Mike and see if we can't raise some money or some awareness about the cause that he's working hard to promote. If you're interested in supporting Mike's cause, there'll be links in the show notes to his Just Giving page and his Facebook page for the challenge. Um, and I'll be shouting about it on our social media. So that's at Just Up The Trail in most places. So. As we join this chat, Mike and I were just talking about his photography, which seemed like a decent point to start our conversation. Us, no more suffering, when you go out with your camera, you have got like some favourite spots because you photograph all sorts, don't you? You're not just like a landscape photographer, or so. No, I just like I like capturing
1: whatever takes my fancy. Really, sometimes landscapes, sometimes yeah. I'd I'd love to be. If if somebody could pay me, I'd love to be a landscape or wildlife photographer. Even just
0: freelance, it just it hits me in every possible place. I was um, I went down to Dartmoor a couple of years ago with a friend of mine. Basically, he he was trying to make a living with his photography and he would take people out on tours, if you like, so he would bring them out down the Jurassic Coast. He'll take them over three or four sport, spots and teach them how to use their cameras and things like that. And he came to me because he wanted to go up into the mountains and up onto Dartmoor, but didn't feel confident in leading people. Hmm. And I said, yeah, that's fine. Why did not me and you go out first? So I took him on a 16-mile hike on Dartmoor. You've got to put the work in if you want to get to the the remote spots, haven't you?
1: Yeah, you, you, as much as having people in it sometimes makes the scale look a little bit more impressive. You kind of want those to be perfectly placed people rather than just people wandering about. So yeah, go into the going to the remote places is the best place to be.
0: I like having people in the photos I take. I feel they add a bit of a dynamism to it. And, yeah, and like, and like you say, they add to that scale, don't they?
1: Yeah, often a picture, especially if there's not a lot in the foreground, if it it just looks a bit flat. Even around here, some of the, some of the places that we could go up within a within a day or two, there's not actually all that
0: much to look at in the foreground. Yeah, because you're you're up in Herefordshire. Yeah, so you've got like the Shropshire Hills and. Brecon Beacon's not far away.
1: But even sort of the local ones, if we just go up to Birchham Common, there's, there's nothing in the foreground because there's nothing anywhere mm-hmm. remotely nearby. Um, but like you said, it's it's just over an hour to the Brecon Beacons, Back Mountains, and lots of good walking around there.
0: Did I did see some on your Instagram, which is, what's your Instagram? It's Mike Case Photography. That's it, yeah. It would have been last summer, was it? You took some wonderful pictures down at the waterfalls and Brecon Beacons
1: yeah that's right yeah i've I've done that a couple of years couple of years in a row now with um with one of my photographer friends, and yeah that was the sort of lesser known waterfalls walk aren't one in the summer just before we went back it was the day before we went back to work, actually, yeah commiserating or celebrating one of the two
0: have you always been like were you an outdoorsy kid Because i've I've got a feeling was your dad involved with Duke of edinburgh
1: yeah and and still is he went out last last weekend he
0: went out because I for some it must be just me conflating you and your dad because I just I I you know I think you must do Duke of Edinburgh as well but have you
1: I have done yeah 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 that was that's where it all started I think it's a it's been a massive scheme for getting kids outdoors hasn't it and Mm -hmm. it's a real shame now because they're making it it seems like they're making it quite difficult for people to get to be an accredited center to actually run it Without going into the, too much of the boring stuff, the, the pressures that are put on teachers at the minute make it really difficult for you to sign up to do stuff in your own time for lots of reasons. And Obviously, I got young kids and I want and need to be at home with them. Uh, so going away for a weekend is is quite difficult, as you well know. And uh, they're not quite at the age where I can take them with me for checkpointing and stuff like that. So I did Duke of Edinburgh myself and, and I pretty much blame that. I would say sixty, seventy percent for me being this outdoorsy person that likes hikes and walks and stuff like that. And the rest is obviously my dad, but my dad led my D group. Right. Okay. So it's those two things have been combined together really. Do you get out with your dad much you just generally walking and not so much anymore. We did quite a bit. So the last time I did Snowden, it was me and him. And just mm-hmm. me and him, which was really nice. And then I know I've done Cader Idris recently, but I, I did that with him the,
0: the year before we did Snowden. I can remember the first time, the first mountain I went up, say went up, well, that was Cader Idris, and dad took us up and I was in my wellies and we got up to the top of the steps, we went up the Minford track, got to the top of the steps, dad Dad had a look and he went, I don't think we're going to get up there, this, this side of the dark, so we might as well go back down. And I was like,
1: no, I want to go to the top.
0: <laughs> did you get it done in the end? Um, yeah, with the kids. Yeah. With my kids, like 25 years later. It's a lovely mountain. It's amazing, isn't it? It's brilliant. I think I probably enjoyed that more than Snowden this time around
1: for photography purposes as well.
0: I was talking to a friend of mine, Jamie, last night. He's going up Snowden for the first time tomorrow, and it's like, like his first mountain. So he wants to go to Snowden. I'm saying, go to Molshabbard. Yeah. Like, you get beautiful views like Mo Shabbard, Mo Shabbard, I don't know how you say it. My pronunciation's terrible. (laughs) I don't know why I'm doing a podcast about hiking in mountains when I can't (laughs) pronounce half the names. You wait until I get to Scotland and some of them Gaelic names.
1: Yeah, I had to double check the name of the um, one in Northern Ireland that we went up for my gold expedition. (laughs) And that's not even that bad.
0: Was that over in the Morns, was it?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: So how how long ago was that then?
1: Oh, that was when I was in was when I started university so we're talking when did I finish university? 2010 I think so 2006-ish. So it wasn't the
0: usual Beacons hike for the Duke of Edinburgh thing?
1: No no we obviously I was still sort of connected to the to the Minster at that point. Dad was working at Tembury at the time so we kind of joined forces a little bit uh, and went for a slightly bigger one so we went over to, to Newcastle and found a little campsite outside Newcastle uh, and then yeah went up the Went
0: up the morns, it was great. What's Duke of Edinburgh like these days? And is it still pack them as heavy as they can go and then see how, far you can make, how much stuff you can make them carry? And I
1: think it, it's getting a little bit more common sense, I have to say. So I think the the sort of invention of E, D of E has been quite useful. I don't know whether you know about that, but no, essentially what's... most of the stuff that we did in our little booklets, um, they do online. So um, a couple of people I'm signing off doing theirs with us at school at the minute uh they're doing photography for theirs so they've given themselves even little projects that they're doing they're learning a different skill each time and then I can go online and look at the pictures that they've submitted and stuff and tick them off or they can do it old-fashioned and give me a bit of paper Mm -hmm. like I've done one this week and I think you only actually need to do the Lowland Leader Award to actually run it. So, the, so they're not expecting massive hikes into ridiculous mountains forever. Okay. They're, they're just expecting to see some sort of independence and, you know, like the cooking for yourselves and being active for 10 hours or whatever it is for, for your bronze. It's, I think, I think they are trying to make it more accessible for the kids. They haven't quite tackled the let's make it a bit more accessible and useful for the adults who are essentially giving up
0: their free time to be able to do it me and evan we went around the new forest a few years ago we did 50 miles in the new forest over like three days or something and we ran into a bunch of kids and they were absolutely laden it was like every single one of them had a stove they all each one of them had a two-man tent like I'm, and i'm thinking like if you know you're going to be together one of you carry the stove one of you carry a tent As you would on an expedition, that's how you sort it out. We're fairly lightweight now. I mean, when we go on this trip, none of us will have a bag more than 35 litres, 30 litres. I bought a new tent the other day, it weighs less than a kilo, two-man tent. In terms of like your relationship with the outdoors, getting out, that sort of thing. Was it like you had a spell where you do it regularly, and then you kind of left it, and then came back to it, or has it always been part of your life?
1: In one way, shape, or form, it's always been part of my life. I think, like I said before, I started with my dad and going out to everywhere. I I felt terrible. I feel like a bit of a fraud because obviously I'm I'm going to be talking about all these outdoorsy things, and I cannot remember most of the walks I did when I was a child. Right. Um, <laughs> But I know we've done a lot, obviously, in Brecon Beacons being around here and the Black Mountains. And I did Snowdon when I was very young as well. But he, I mean, we we were out every weekend walking, doing something and even playing rugby and stuff. I was always out. I was outside hmm. all the time. And even now I've, I've, I have come back to it because I, I went through a bit of the stage sort of around uni where I didn't do much exercise and wasn't outdoors much. And I've gone back to running and cycling and and taking pictures
0: yeah because you're you're big into your cycling aren't you yeah i love cycling yeah
1: yeah again i might not be very good or very fast but i just love being outside we did um stupidly cycled from here to um to the raider dams
0: oh wicked i love it up there raider dams yeah
1: i thought it was going to be 100k all told but it was 150 bloody hell man pretty silly took us like six hours
0: i've think that area is one of my most favorite places i used to go i've got real fond memories because when we first moved up to lempster um that was where when our grandparents visited that's where they would take us because it was somewhere new for them They you don't have hills like that in somerset and you know we got out so i have you know i associate that area with my granddad especially um and i've got photos of me stood With my granddad in front of one of the dams and then there's pictures of me with my kids in front of the dams and it's just like really that really special connection but yeah there's there's just something quite magical up there and it is really remote I think I think that's
1: yeah I think you've hit it even even on some of the dams that people don't go to it does feel magical we've got we've got pictures of Kate and I together with no kids and then Kate and I with a baby and then Kate and I with another baby and Kate and I with the dog and stuff. So it's just the same. Yeah. I, I'm really pleased that I couldn't share that with my kids. Just like I was given it by my mum and dad.
0: So. What, whose ridiculous idea was it to take on the three peaks challenge?
1: That's
0: a great question.
1: It was, it was a prom night decision. Right. Cause you know, Teachers go to prom as well.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so we, I'm not quite sure what started it really. I think it, obviously there's lots of outdoorsy people at school, kids and adults. And we we were having, like you would do at a school disco, all all the kids are over there and all the adults are over on the other side of the room talking, talking amongst themselves. And uh, <clears throat> a few of us got together and said things like, oh, do you know what? I've always wanted to do the three peaks. And then somebody said, oh yeah, I think that's quite a good. Why don't we do it? Let's just find an excuse to do it. And I was like, why don't we just do it to raise money through school? Great idea. And then, uh, yeah, we just got a few people that we thought might want to be involved with it and then
0: uh, started planning. So who's in your team? This is your opportunity now to sell your team. Oh, so we have me, obviously. Uh, we have Hannah
1: right? who is the English teacher. And we have Paul Shepherd, who is the DT teacher. Who is my cycling buddy? My running buddy. He's the uh other founding member of the Beardy Bikers, which we're very proud of that we made this pretend cycling club.
0: How many how many people are in your pretend cycling club?
1: Just me and him at the minute. We've got some membership disputes with the other member of the uh Hill crew.
0: Did he have a shave, did he? Or <laughs>
1: he just he, he's a footballer, so he's in football season, he's very difficult to get hold of. Oh, right. And that is uh, Ryan Morris, the PE teacher. He's gonna to have to reapply for his membership.
0: I thought it was either he doesn't ride a bike or he shaved his beard off. So so um, that's the that's all four of you claiming, is it? And that, and then you've got a support support crew as well?
1: Yeah, so sadly Sam, who's Hannah's friend, uh, she was going to join us, but she broke her
0: leg the other day. What kind of excuse is that? I
1: know. She said something like, Oh, it's gonna take me this many weeks to be back at full fight in fitness and, and we've got Way more than that before the walk. So
0: I don't know. I don't know what she's talking about. How did she manage like that? Was...
1: She was out on a walk and, yeah, slipped. I think got caught in a bog or something. Yeah, so, so Sam's going to join my dad, I think, who's going to drive. And, and that's it, really. Dad's got lots of plans in his head about how he's going to keep us nourished and hydrated.
0: Carlisle services are good.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So none of us really know what we're doing in terms of training. Right. let's say so we're ju- we are just trying to get in as many walks as possible we all keep up various levels of fitness anyway with like i said with all of our outdoor activities cycling running playing football hannah and sam walk an awful lot uh, so they're out walking a lot hannah's doing the Clun challenge which is another marathon walk challenge like the one we all did together the other day so what was that one you did so we did the mammothon which is part of the shropshire way atk festival so some absolutely bonkers people do 80 kilometre walk in 24 hours. We did the full marathon distance in and around the Shropshire Hills, eventually takes you up onto the Long Min by the Gliding Club, which is a
0: lovely place to be. It's funny because you say Shropshire Hills and your mind conjures up these images of rolling green pastures, but they're really quite immense in places, aren't they? They are, yeah,
1: yeah. It was was hard going, I'm not going to lie. I have a I have a terrible tendency to not eat when I'm out walking, and if I do eat, it's still significantly less than I normally would on a normal day. So by the sort of nine and a half hour, ten hour mark, I was completely dead and needed uh, to steal
0: some energy gels to keep myself going. You used that, did you? I had to. Oh right, okay. You didn't didn't <laughs> fancy your hand for the peanuts, then?
1: No, I'd I didn't have much that was gonna get it in fast enough because
0: i i went proper
1: sort of white and white and sicky and yeah jesus man so uh i'm gonna be well stocked and i'm gonna force myself to eat during the uh, challenge
0: which of the mountains have you been at before just snowden just snowden so scaffold's gonna be new for you yeah and ben nevis is gonna be has your dad been at ben nevis
1: I think I think he's done all three, but not in a not in a twenty four hour period. I was just
0: wondering if he hadn't done Ben Nevis, how are you gonna keep him from going up with you and then being too knackered to drive? But Yeah, I think I think that's that could still be a very real problem, <laughs> even though he's done it before. <laughs> which one are you looking forward to the most? And which one do you think is gonna present the biggest challenge?
1: I think I'm looking forward to Ben Nevis the most. Not necessarily sure why, obviously I've seen it. I've seen all the pictures, and it looks very, very impressive, overlooking Fort William and all that. I think it's going to be quite a, quite a sight if we do get good visibility over the top. I've heard some interesting things about Scarfile. Right. So I think that's probably going to be the hardest.
0: But you're already tired from Ben Nevis, and then yeah. uh, with Snowden, I suppose you're on the home straight and haven't done it before. Away you go. You know, you, do you know what I mean? You can, not, not an autopilot. That sounds dangerous, but. You can get yourself up and down Snowden from Penny Pass if you have to.
1: Yeah, exactly. We, we're going to spend some time, we are going to do Snowden once more before we go for the challenge, just to make sure we have got the paths together because it's going to be, obviously, we're going to be running on empty at that point and uh, we need to make
0: sure we can get up it and get down it pretty quickly. And not throw onto the crib. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. When we did the West Highland Way a few years ago, um, you sort of come over the, over the back as you come into the you come down through the forestry bit and you can just see it in front of you and it's just a massive bit of rock it's it's just huge it's just a big lump and it's really impressive
1: if i if i didn't do any level of geography at any point in my life i wouldn't think things like this are possible Hmm. it's just mad just being that high above sea level anyway at any in any country. It's crazy.
0: And yeah, it's tiny compared to the rest of the world. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I've,
1: I've been to, I'm fortunate again, on on family holidays, and um, we did a bit on my honeymoon as well. We've not necessarily hiked very far, but we've been over to Vancouver.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah.
1: Been up Whistler. Mm-hmm. We, we did whatever it's called all the way up, like the ski lift style gondola thing up the top. And it, it's just incredible.
0: There's another hike that goes around Vancouver Island as well, isn't there? Yeah. Um, it's quite impressive, I think, and you got to watch out for bears and stuff like. But yeah, we we went to Vancouver Island again. So so impressive. I'd love to go to America. Like like when I was a kid, it was like, where do you want to go? And like like America was never on my radar. But the more I've got into hiking, and the more I've got into like the outdoors stuff, I want to go to the Western states of America. I yeah. want to go to I want to go to Yosemite and Yellowstone and Big Sky and Glacier National Parks and Joshua Tree. Moab, yeah. all these places, it's just—I like—I was talking to Chris Haynes about it's that cool of the West, isn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: So you have to do the challenge in a set order, don't you? So it is—is is, it does it have to be done in set order? Is that just a—I
1: don't think it does. I think it's there's just sort of an accepted right, accepted Ben Nevis and Down sort of route that's helpful for us because obviously, like you said, we're we're finishing on a a mountain we're hopefully quite familiar with. And familiar with it enough in the dark, and when we're tired, and needing to potentially sprint down at the bottom,
0: <laughs> well, you could hit the miners' track for that, wouldn't you? Yeah, because that's all tarmac now, isn't it?
1: Most of the way from the most list. of the way, yeah. yeah, yeah, that'd be all right. Big concrete steps.
0: Um, you're not doing this just for you're not doing this just for fun and games. You're doing it for a reason. You're going to try and raise some money for Young Minds UK. Is that right?
1: That's it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, three quarters, let's say. Now that Sam sadly won't be able to join us three quarters of the of the team are in the in the pastoral team in the school one leader and then uh, me and rye as as heads a year and we've seen basically over the last couple of years with, with covid and various other things and pressures of the internet and social media and all that sort of stuff children's mental health is is not good and our school is not an anomaly it's it's everywhere And we thought that, yeah, it's great that we could raise money for school because obviously schools are suffering as well. So we're going to we're going to split the money half and half, half, half to school to try and help us with supplies and things like that. And then half to Young Minds Children's Mental Health
0: Charity. I will just say, I think it's disgusting that you have to go and fundraise to buy supplies for your school.
1: Yeah. And I don't (laughs) I don't know whether. I don't know enough about. School funding and stuff like that to make no, too many I wouldn't. Comments put, I know I it. wouldn't put
0: you in the position to comment about it. I just think that, in, like, yeah, or whatever. A,
1: and it, and school funding is a, it's a weird setup because obviously you get <clears throat> you get funded per pupil that you have, hmm. and that's done in arrears, backdated. So you don't actually get the funding for that pupil at that time. It comes. I think. I think it is a year. It's a year later. So. We had a stage a few years back um, locally where, because the birth rate was just very, very low, 11 years before that, we hardly had any kids. Right. So we hardly had any money. But, but that didn't come straight away. That came when you had an influx of kids. Yeah. And obviously, I'm in the science department. We, we need just as many supplies to do practicals as a slightly bigger school does regardless of how many kids are there because you know chemicals do have an expiration date and practical equipment even if you're buying a class set we still need a class set they would maybe be able to get away with one class set so we're still spending the same amount of money on it it just doesn't quite work out I don't know the situation I don't know the yeah best way out of it but it's it's rough and and dad obviously going back to him again he spent a long time trying to convince people that rural deprivation is a thing as well
0: oh yeah no it definitely is yeah yeah definitely 100%
1: is. so there's there's kids that we've got at school that that are struggling and we we want to help them through the school as much as we can because they don't necessarily have access to all the stuff that we might want them to bring or need them to bring in the school so we're quite we are quite an open and supportive school i think that's the reason why i've stayed there mm-hmm. for so long i think it's the most caring school that i've ever been a part of and this is hopefully just another little
0: uh, wing to that. you're saying about rural deprivation, we have similar problems down here on the safe coast. You think the safe coast of England, it's all, you know, holiday homes and well off, and yet like one of our areas is in the top it's one of like the top twenty worst off postcodes in the country. Yeah. It's like it's not just because like like you know, those stereotypes don't apply. It's not always like inner cities are bad. Yeah. But the, the different problems affect rural communities and coastal communities in similar ways. If that makes sense, definitely.
1: I think that, I think that's it. They they kind of think, oh, it's nice. It's, it's in uh, the three counties. Everybody's uh, everybody's fine. Everybody's mm-hmm. nice. It's all leafy, and everybody's got nice, massive homes with it's all picnic, Range Rovers pi- picnics and
0: picnics in the Malvins. It, it's not market towns with nothing for kids to do.
1: Yeah, and no transport out of it
0: either. Exactly. You saw a notable change in the kids after lockdown, after that period of homeschooling. Then, did you? Yeah, definitely. And, and only speak to what you feel comfortable. Do I don't want to put you on the spot. But.
1: Yeah, I think I think when like I understand why we needed lockdown. I obviously we got to go with the science. I am a scientist, so but shutting people in their homes with little in either little incentive for activity or maybe we've got a generation of kids that don't like going outside and things and they are sort of for whatever reason tied to their phones and tellies and social media and all that sort of stuff whether we can look into what has caused that at a later date I don't know but
0: but then how often do you do you sit there in, in your living room and you've got your phone you got your phone and suddenly half an hour is gone yeah big time and then we're the adults and we're telling the kids to get off their phone and get outside yeah big time yeah so with our kids I think obviously we're very fortunate our kids are Bright both in outlook and academics, shall we say. And yeah. we, people say to us, Your kids are all right after lockdown. Well, actually, they're not. And they weren't. And like, it took um, my daughter, it took her a long time to be actually comfortable going back to school. Yeah. Like, she really struggled. And partly our, our own fault because we moved during lockdown. But like, so again, m- my daughter, she. Didn't get to finish year six, and then year seven was completely disrupted. Evan's year seven was completely disrupted. Oh yeah, but your kids are all right because they're bright, but they haven't progressed as they would have done. Exactly. Like, yeah. And that's just academically, never mind with the whole like making friends. Like Evan's fifteen this year; he's nowhere near the fifteen I was at fifteen. It's
1: it's scary. I think one of the ways that I noticed it more than anything was um, last year. I was I was head of year eight must have been the end of last year and a kid i really get on with i get on with all the kids at the school to be fair they may say different but well, you're a likable man i like them all <laughs> oh thank you um i said oh it's the end it's the end of the year it's the we're, we're gonna have end of the year celebrations and stuff and he was like what do you mean well we're gonna you know we're gonna have end of the year celebrations said, like, yeah but what do you actually do on the last day and i was like what do you mean what do we do on the last day it's because he's never had one at high school at the end of year eight he hadn't had a non-disrupted year it's just rough I you you think of all the things that you did when you were a kid and you know snow days and stuff like that it's never it's never going to be the same
0: my eldest goes on about his year six residential that's the last school trip he went on he's at the back end of year nine now
1: yeah we did we, we tried really hard to to get enrichment activities and stuff like that back back up as quickly as possible we could only we could only book what we were allowed to book. We were reaching out to places and they they weren't prepared for school groups again. It's crazy. They, we're just about there now, but this will be, fingers crossed, a, an a uninterrupted year for the first time in, what, two years.
0: So have you got a goal for funding and how can people help with your fundraising?
1: Yeah, so we, I put a sort of best estimate. I did put a £1,000 on. Nice even number. If we get anywhere near that, Even if it's below, that would be amazing, I think. Um, And I think it could really do some good. So we have got our Facebook page, though, a three peaks challenge where I'll be sharing some updates. And I have shared some updates about our training and some of the walks we've been doing at the minute. Uh, And there is a GoFundMe page that I can I can share out on there as well.
0: I'll put links to it all in the show notes as well. So that'll Thank go you. out. You're, and you're aren't you a professional? Well, if I try and I'll be shouting it shouting it out in that. And are you um when you actually do, when you actually doing the challenge?
1: So just back end of July twenty fifth, we're gonna be um on the move and then next twenty four hours of the uh of the wake up at four AM and get going, sort of. Do
0: you have a social media manager who's gonna be posting updates as you go in?
1: I haven't quite got that far yet. I think it might be me on the run.
0: <laughs> are you looking forward to it, though?
1: I am really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's something I've I've always wanted to do. So, yeah, like have on your bucket list going over to the over the, to the west coast of America. I want to go to New Zealand and and hike around there and take photographs around there. I've I've always had this challenge in my mind since I was little. Something I wanted to do, and I think I'll be. I'm not going to be frustrated because we are going to do it. Because I'm being positive. And yeah, I I think I'd even do it again if somebody asked me in ten years' time. It seems like we've got ages to go, but I think that is gonna creep up on me pretty fast.
0: So. Cool. And you'll come back on here to tell us all about how it went. Love to. Brilliant. Thank you very much. No more suffering.